Welcome to the Old Codger Program. Yes, we just started out the program with great music. Uh, we heard the Brock Sisters. Uh, they sang a song called Who. The Brock Sisters were Lorraine, Bobby, and Patricia. Uh, I was romantically involved with all three. In my dreams. Uh, Red Narvo and his orchestra with Mildred Bailey. Uh, Mildred sang a Porter's love song to a chambermaid. So this is the old codger. I have spent my life trying to follow the dictum. Get rich, sleep till noon, and screw them all. I managed to accomplish two of those things. Uh, this morning, surprised, they brought in the old codger mailbag. It was full of cards and letters from the listeners who had responded to the WFMU management who had solicited program suggestions for the old codger radio hour. They wanted to know from the listeners how, how this show could be improved. They didn't ask me. They just took it upon themselves to solicit suggestions. Now, had they asked me, I, I would have told them not to bother. Remind me why I should care what you think. I, I do have a suggestion. Uh, find me the chowder head at WFMU who commissioned this survey and bring me their head on a pike. This show cannot be improved. In fact, it's already so good, it constitutes a form of abuse against other WFMU staff members. Uh, they flagellate themselves because they know they can never reach the apex of broadcasting like me. They, they should build a statue of me just so they can topple it and vent some of their frustration. I, I even have a great location for them to build that statue. High atop Mount Cranky, because that's where I'm usually perched. You know, you people, you listeners, I know, I love you. Ha! Not really. You can all go to hell. Visit hell. Take the whole family. Uh, hell, come on down. We'll leave a light on. And anyway, we have more great music coming up. But first, 
Uh, WFMU only qualifies as a non-commercial station when I'm not on the air. Here is another proud commercial partner of the Old Codger Radio Ministry. Uh, here's a word from Squib Dental Cream. Inside every tube of Squib Dental Cream, there is something no label can show. It's something you find in the sudden coolness that follows a summer storm. It's something you find in the clean, salt spray of the sea. It's refreshment. You'll sense it first in the flavor of Squib Dental Cream. It's so cool, so fragrant, with a tang of mint. There's refreshment in the brisk action of Squib Dental Cream, as it helps to give your whole mouth a wonderful feeling of cleanness. And soon you'll come to notice a refreshing difference in your smile. For the special polishing agent in Squib Dental Cream works with a touch as soft as velvet to uncover natural sparkle you may have forgotten. So get your days off to a more refreshing start. End them on a note of refreshment, too. Brush your teeth regularly with Squib Dental Cream, a member of the great family of Squib products. Taste, feel, and see the refreshing difference.
Okay, next set of music. We, uh, the first thing we heard was the Red Norville Trio with uh, Tad Farlow on guitar, Charles Mingus on bass, and they did Prelude to a Kiss. Ruth Edding, with one of her signature tunes, It All Depends on You. Uh, the great uh, pianist Lenny Tristano what, uh, with, gave us a, a tune called Spontaneous Combustion, and the great bebop trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, great pioneer of music, uh, we heard Hot House from Dizzy and his orchestra. Well, this is the old codger on WFMU, here every week for an hour, playing 78 RPM records like they're going out of style. This past weekend, I was off visiting my old friend, Reddy Kilowatt, at the uh, Van Halen Nursing Home. Uh, Reddy, you may have heard of him. He had a long career as a singer, a star of film and television, and he was an all-around entertainer in the field of energy generation. In fact, he was responsible for the execution of numerous villains who were found guilty of capital crimes. These include such luminaries as uh, Leon Sholgas, Ruth Schneider, and Richard Hauptman. Reddy provided the electrical power that sparked through the large, comfortable chairs these malefactors sat in, which uh, dispatched these miscreants back into the food chain, uh, the lower end of it. I understand you can you can buy uh, full-sized replicas of these chairs from a store called IKEA. You can place them in your living room so your whole family can enjoy the thrill of electrocuting unsuspecting and inconvenient guests and relatives. Now, the, the IKEA model does not kill these people. It just sends a gentle message. <laughs> and if they don't take the hint, there's a cordless remote. You can spike the voltage a bit. And, uh, back to Reddy Kilowatt. I met him in school. We both attended the, uh, the Harkness Academy for underachieving teachers. Uh, Reddy had a good conduct medal. He stole it from the supply closet. He was a smart kid. Uh, not just smart, but crafty. After Reddy retired from the entertainment business, he amassed a great fortune in public service from such diligent pursuits as uh, gun running, loan sharking, and the manufacture of exploding Cuban cigars. He's been living comfortably at the Van Halen nursing home for many years. He is uh, 94 years old, and like me, he has full bladder control. I used to live at the uh, Van Halen nursing home until they gave me the boot for, as, as they explained, repeatedly doing unspeakable things with my mouth. Actually, I was doing speakable things. I told them what they were doing wrong. Yes, so I got kicked out of Van Halen. Well, it's a, it's a badge of honor. I had, I had too much spunk for that place. And they served lime jello three times a day. It's like every meal was colonoscopy prep. Well, anyway, I, I want to play you a song. A song by Reddy Kilowatt. It was one of his big hits. This was a number one hit back in 1953. Uh, so here's Reddy Kilowatt singing the Reddy Kilowatt song on the Old Codger Show on WFMU. I'm a real-life wire and I never tire. Yes, sir, I'm a red-hot shot. I can cook your meals, turn the factory wheels, cause I'm ready, kilowatt. 
When you toast your toast or you roast your roast, it is I who makes them hot. I'm in your TV set with every show you get, cause I'm ready, kill a what? I'm the little man who's always there. I'm a powerful high-voltage guy. I'm so full of spark, I can light up the dark. And you should see me wink my electric eye. I wash and dry your clothes, play your radios. I can heat your coffee pot. I am always there with lots of power to spare. Cause I'm ready, kill a one. Remember, just plug in. I'm ready.
one by one admit that they are jealous. For although they dance each night and wear their sweetest smile, Ella's tent is the one that draws the fellas. And yet her dance is something they can't steal. For nothing else could do it but an eel. If you see a girl with two big hips just like the rudders on two big ships, you're looking at Egyptian Ella. With eyes of passion that blink and stare, a disposition that's almost there, you can bet a pound, that's how to tell her. She does a flip and then a flap, seems to have the knack. <laughs> Last night she flipped flapped round the map and very nearly broke her back. If you want to know why men by scores have given up kilts and wear plus fours, blame it on Egyptian Ella. Well, again, I've presented some fine music for you. Hope you appreciate that. We started that uh, little bunch of music with the Ready Kilowatt song, sung by my buddy Ready Kilowatt, still up there in the Van Halen nursing home, age 94. The Benny Goodman sextet did uh, Flying Home. We heard Serenade in the Night by the Three Peppers. And then... Uh, the, the, the tune was called Father Cooperates by Cozy Cole's All-Stars. That was recorded in 1944, and uh, Cozy Cole was on drums, uh, Father Earl Hines on piano. The tenor sax was the great Coleman Hawkins. Uh, Trummy Young on trombone. Tr the trumpet was Joe, Joe, Joe Thomas. Uh, Joe Thomas. And uh, the bass was Billy Taylor, and Teddy Walters was on guitar. I am telling you this from memory. I'm not reading it out of some uh, discographical periodical. I never use reference works. It's all in my head. Finally, at the end, we heard uh, the great Sophie Tucker and Egyptian Ella. Everybody knows I'm very sweet on Sophie. Always have been. We go way back, and I play her music often. Egyptian Ella, there by Sophie Tucker. You know, I've, I've never gotten over the Judas move by Rummy Delbarton's nephew, Coriolanus. He stole the original sheets from the day I took Sophie Tucker's virtue. That's right, she once had it. And uh, he auctioned them on an internet website called eBay. I didn't want the sheets back. I wanted to know the final auction price because I thought I deserved 75%. I worked hard to give those sheets incomparable value. Who knows where they ended up? Probably in the collection of some perverted nebbish. I'd, I'd track him down, but my knees aren't as limber as they were when I was 103. Uh, speaking of Rummy, Delbarton, years ago, I recall he killed a bad saxophonist. The, the musician's reputation was so terrible that the district attorney charged Rummy with 24th-degree murder. At the trial, Rummy's defense counsel played the judge a recording of the sax player, and after that, the judge let Rummy off with a $5 fine. Remember, there are four classifications of homicide. Felonious, excusable, justifiable, and praiseworthy. Well, I am the old codger Courtney T. Edison, 
here on WFMU. I've been here for many years. I was off the air for a while, but they've let me back on, on the schedule, doing a weekly show on Thursday nights for an hour. And I'm going to be here playing some more 70 RPM records for the full hour. You stick around. Here now is uh, the Hoosier Hot Shots. Yes. <laughs> Sitting on the fence, all by yourself in the moonlight. There ain't no thrill by the water mill, all by yourself in the moonlight. There ain't no fun sitting beneath the trees, giving yourself a hug, giving yourself a squeeze. Love's a farce, sitting on the grass, all by yourself in the moonlight. Now he's must have their she's and she's must have their he's, otherwise there'd be no family trees. Why, even in the zoos they keep them there in twos, otherwise there'd be no little kangaroos. There ain't no sense sitting on a fence all by yourself in the moonlight. There ain't no thrill by the water mill all by yourself in the moonlight. There ain't no fun sitting beneath the trees giving yourself a hug, giving yourself a squeeze. It's insane swinging down the lane all by yourself in the moonlight. Now it gets your goat riding in the boat all by yourself in the moonlight. And it's all a fake swimming in a lake all by yourself in the moonlight. Now it don't make sense sitting upon the sands whispering to yourself ain't the scenery grand. There ain't no vim when you go to swim all by yourself in the moonlight. Thank you. 
lies to the butterflies all by yourself in the moonlight. And you'll agree that you're poor company all by yourself in the moonlight. When you're alone, it doesn't bring delight. Kissing yourself hello, kissing yourself goodnight, and there ain't no kick. Gosh, it makes you ill all by yourself in the moonlight. Now, there ain't no sense sitting on the fence all by yourself in the moonlight. And there ain't no thrill by the water mill all by yourself in the moonlight. There ain't no fun sitting beneath the trees, giving yourself a hug, giving yourself a squeeze. Love's a false sitting on the grass. Ross! I beg your pardon, gentlemen. Francis. All by yourself in the
quick uh, set recap and then we got to close out the program make way for whoever's on next uh we heard the who's your hot shots and they sang hot shot nan <laughs> yeah uh, uh whispering jack smith sang uh, we crooned actually uh, all by yourself in the moonlight arthur schutt on piano with limehouse blues and the cordettes yes that was a 78 rpm record of mr sandman from uh, the, the early 1950s. This is your Kaiser Courtney T. Edison. I'll be back next week with a whole bunch of new, well, new, you know, old, but uh, they're, they're new for this program, 78 RPM Records. I want to uh, just be at the end of the program right now say uh, a howdy hello to some of my chums who are listening on their vacuum tube radios. I have, <laughs> I have seen their home entertainment centers. They're manufactured by great companies like Philco, Delco, Bendix, uh, Motorola, and other fine companies, all of whom are sponsors of the Old Codger Radio Hour. They pay me money every time I mention the names of the companies. Philco, Delco, Bendix, Motorola, that's another $4. <laughs> uh, Emerson, Zenith, <laughs> another 2 bucks. Well, I want to say hello to Red Butler, who's out there, uh, Jasper Quagnager, 
Uh, Rummy Delbarton, of course. Uh, Rummy lives on Shades of Death Road in Great Meadow, New Jersey. Just remember, with Rummy, the coffin is always half full. Uh, Molasses Hathaway? Uh, Molasses is currently undergoing treatment for chronic miasma. There's uh, a Miss Flora Dix Hundwasser and her menagerie. She makes a a really fine brisket. I want to say hello to Brother Justin and Sister Iris. Oh, that Brother Justin, what a devil he is. They're listening every week in uh, New Canaan. Then uh, Reddy Kilowatt, who I talked about earlier in the program. He's up there in the Van Halen nursing home. Andy Sr., Andy loaned me several 78 RPM records for this show. He will wait a long time to get them back. He may not outlive the loan. Then there's Dr. Bop. Hello, Dr. Bop. Uh, Sneezy Boatman and Honey Bear Sweeney. Last week, she came in fourth place in a Sophie Tucker lookalike contest held in my Pouton shanty. No, no contestants were on the premises. All judging was done using photographs. I will reveal the winner uh, of the Sophie Tucker lookalike contest on a future program. But uh, congrats to Honey Bear Sweeney. Uh, fourth place is solidly in the top ten. So this is Courtney. Back next week, remember, I am the spokesman for my generation because I'm the only one left. Next week, since uh, civil unrest is so popular these days, uh, next week I will talk about the Edison Cylinder Riots of 1903. I was there. I survived. Others did not. Uh, the, the, the tensions persist to this day, though you rarely read about it in the newspapers. Anyway, this is uh, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in uh, New York City and in Rockland County at 91.9 FM and on the Internet, WFMU period, O-R-G. Remember, the Old Codger Program is a proud partner of the Hate the Children Foundation. I'll be back next week. Goodbye. I had a dream that I was the neighbor's dog. And I may still be having it. I lay down for a nap because... The neighbor's dog was barking and barking. How am I going to record this show, I thought. With that dog barking like that, I wish it would stop. And I lay down for a nap, and it did stop. It did stop. I got my wish, but was that my wish for it to stop temporarily like that? I lay down for a nap, and I started to dream. And all of a sudden, I was in the neighbor's yard. I was in the neighbor's yard, and I was yelling. I was trying to get someone's attention. Maybe I was trying to get my own attention in the house next door. I knew I was recording a show. I was going to be talking to people all over the world. I knew I was in there. And then I also knew I was in the dog. So as the dog in the neighbor's yard, there I was yelling, Hey, 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 I'm here. Acknowledge me. I'm here. Maybe that's all I can say is here, 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 here. I'm just saying, I have shown up, I exist. That's all I can yell all day long at myself, or is the dog in me over there? Does the dog have 
control of my microphone? That, that dog is in my chair. It's using my computer. It's got hold of the microphone. It knows which buttons to push because it's in me. The dog's spirit or soul or something is gone in me. And it's pressing all those things because I still have my memories, it seems. And do I have the dog's memories? Well, I know where my water bowl is. It's right there. How could I have known that? I must have gotten that from the dog brain. So that dog is in my brain doing some kind of a show. What are you telling people, dog? What is the perspective of a dog? I guess they do have perspectives. We like their perspective often. I am reminded of Diogenes, the cynic. I add that part because you might think, oh, Diogenes, the Greek footballer? No, I know that happens when you search their wiki pages. you got to be specific. I did that, started reading, and I thought, who poops in the theater? That doesn't sound like a philosopher to me. Diogenes, the cynic. Oh, he liked dogs. He wanted to be a dog. He said we were dogs. They're noble, at least, when they snuff along the ground like that. Mmm, they say, I smell excrement or death, and they enjoy it. Or do they tolerate it? Or do they find something joyful in the disgusting? I can't quite do that. But maybe the dog's doing that. It's on the radio over there while I lay in this yard. Here, here, here. I wonder if they can hear me in New Jersey. Here, here. What do I know about being a dog? I'm going to have to think about it. I'll have to search this dog brain to see what's in there. Hmm, what do I like? Hmm, I shouldn't have to think this hard. Maybe I like everything. Maybe I make up my mind when I see it. Maybe I don't have to think ahead. Maybe a dog knows it likes the food when it smells the food. Oh, it knows who it likes. Why? Well, very simple criteria. Are you going to feed me? I like you. I know that's not very good for judging character or making moral decisions. Hey, I live with one of these humans. They give me food. That seems okay. They seem nice. Sometimes they yell at me or inadvertently kick me when I'm trying to get under their feet so they can drop some food. I try to fool them sometimes like that by going, oh, I'm just hanging out here on the floor. I'd seen a lot of early mid-century football where they did cross-body tackles like that, and I learned that you could get under somebody's feet like that, just below the knee, just below the knee, and make them topple over you and when they do they will drop a delicious bowl of oh who knows it could be anything oatmeal spaghetti doodad snacks some things i don't like vegetables certain vegetables i guess that's just being a dog are they good for me even maybe they're not even good for me that's exciting oh maybe all the things that i don't like now are bad for me so let's see what don't i like oh i don't know raw meat Oh, oh, now I like it, though, all of a sudden. What don't I like? Lima beans. I wonder if I'd eat one if it dropped on the floor and I could get it down before I realized what it was. That's dog-like. Oh, there's nothing like better than being a dog. That loyalty. That loyalty for nothing. I don't know about that. I don't know. You know bad people have bad dogs. They can train them to be something horrible. We are the company we keep. Do we blame the dog, though? Who do we blame? I'm a dog. 
who would I know who to blame? I could fantasize about maybe sitting around a, a table with other, other dogs playing poker, for instance. And there's something that I don't understand. You know, you, as a human being, you probably don't understand this, uh, how we feel. But there's different uh, breeds of dogs. Now, we're all one species, so we can, you know, more or less breed with one another. But we look so different. And y'all look different, sort of, but not as extremely, not as different as a as an English bulldog and a chihuahua. I mean, that's kind of different. All the full head shape. Could you imagine that? Say, oh, your whole lower jaw is out. I have some friends like that who are bulldogs. I don't know what kind of dog I am. I can't quite see myself. I've tried to get at my tail, too. Oh, do I chase my tail? Yes, I think the one doing the show does that too. I go round and round trying to examine myself. There's some things that I will never be able to see about myself because I am myself. I can't look directly at the back of my head literally, and I don't think I can do it figuratively. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at my life with clear vision. Vision that is not tainted, that is not clouded by my own fears and my own expectations and all the myths and stories that I have told about myself and on which I have built my mind. My whole mind palace is built on that foundation. Why would I undermine it? Why would I send chipmunks to take away the earth under this thing that I built? And that thing is my identity. Oh, say, Hardy, you have hinted though, that perhaps... Your identity has been undermined, that you cre- that you built it on something that is no longer there. And you've hinted at that, like you said something about, you know when an island turns out to be a whale or some other, or it's some other kind of creature? And I said, yes. No, I asked that, and then you said yes. And I said, well, nev- nothing, never mind. I was kind of coy like that. And you said, well, maybe Hardy's had some sort of experience which his, his personal identity was built upon a foundation that was faulty and that maybe it fell into the earth like when a sinkhole opens up and swallows a home in, I don't know, central Florida, let's say. So, oh, bottom of your, I was just sitting in my little house in Bithlow and the whole ground opened up and now my house isn't there. I'm still, the chair is still there, but the whole rest of the house around me fell around. I'm on a column of earth in the middle of it all. I don't know how I'm going to even get out of here.